of the Notes from the Library podcast. As always, I'm your host, Emma, and today we're going to talk about the book series that created and started the story of Hannibal Lecter. Don't worry, everyone, we are not talking about Mad Mickelson yet in this episode. So all your relationships are spared before he comes and wrecks them on Friday. No relationship survives Mad Mickelson. His charming beauty just wrecks them all. But that is for another day. And that is for Friday. So you have today... Thursday and until 11.59 on Friday for your relationships until he comes in and ruins them all. But today is kind of just a summary of the books because I think I definitely want to get more into the portrayal and the psychology behind Hannibal Lecter on Friday because I think Mad Mickelson does a fantastic job at showing that. And also, unpopular opinion, I don't want a season four of that so I think it's perfect just the way it ends. I know Hannibal fans will come in, come in for that, but Friday I'm really looking forward to that episode. I think that's the episode I'm most looking forward to this whole season because I really like the way they portray Hannibal in that and the whole thing behind that. It's one of my favorite shows. I think it's, objectively speaking, one of the most beautiful shows ever made. So the Hannibal book series has an interesting timeline with Red Dragon being published first, then Silence of the Lamb, then Hannibal, and then finally Hannibal Rising. But you're supposed to read them as Hannibal Rising, Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, and then Hannibal. So the prequel came out after everything else. Think of it like Star Wars. And apparently Thomas Harris didn't even want to write about the bows forced to, otherwise someone else would have had to make the prequel to his beloved Hannibal Lecter. And I don't know about you, but if someone else wanted to write the backstory to my character, I'd be like, absolutely not. When writing the script, I kept trying to decide if I wanted to go based on publication dates or chronicle or chron based on publication dates or chronological order in the books, and I decided to talk about the books in chronological order of their content is better and creates a more cohesive story to tell. So we are going to be talking about Hannibal Rising first, then Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, and then finally Hannibal. And I think I'm going to have this episode be more of a summary, and then the next episode is more of an analysis of who Hannibal is, because again, I think Mads does a fantastic job at showing that, and I'm not gonna lie, I liked the TV show, better than the books and the movie. I might be a little bit biased because I'm a huge Mad Max fan, but the books weren't my favorite. I'm not going to lie. I think if I read them beforehand, I probably wouldn't have even watched the show or the movie. I just did not like them or the style that they were written in. And so I'm happy I watched the TV show first. And then I only saw Red Dragon, Sounds of the Lambs, and Hannibal. I actually did not watch Hannibal's Rising because I heard it was not a good movie. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to leave it. I know the story, so I don't need to watch it. Hannibal Rising serves as the prequel and is us looking into Hannibal's childhood and in a way tries to give us an answer to why he is the way he is. And that answer that we get is probably the largest amount of childhood trauma someone could have. It is a mystery or thriller book compared to Sounds of the Lambs, which is the most famous of all the novels. It's a very straightforward account of Hannibal's childhood and what happened to him and his family. The book starts with Hannibal and he's eight years old and the year is 1941 so it's 1941 in europe and i'm sure you can guess where this is heading hannibal and his family live in lecter castle in lithuania uh which this point in history lithuania is part of the soviet union and the soviet union during the nazi invasion pretty much let the baltic region become a bloodbath and these people saw a level of death and destruction that i can't even fathom. His family is killed and Hannibal is left alone with his sister Misha. 
Nazi soldiers capture them and his sister is eaten by the soldiers when they have no more food because she is sick. And when she dies, they eat her. He survives and he's found walking through the snow with a chain around his neck because that's how the uh, Nazis held him and his sister captive. They put chains around their neck and I think they like chained into like the radiator or like the post of the stairs or something. But they were definitely captives in every sense of the word to them. And he ends up in the Soviet orphanage, which is actually constructed from his family's castle. So he went from owning the castle to being an orphan in it. He refuses to speak and has become mute, and he only screams at night when he's having nightmares about his sister, and he only screams out his sister's name. He's adopted by his uncle and moves to France, and that is where he meets Lady Murasaki, and she helps to heal Hannibal and to help him overcome what has just happened to him. We see Hannibal become very protective of her, even going as far as murdering men who've insulted her and said vulgar language to her. She helps him get into medical school, and this is where we see the beginning of his knowledge of the human body and also how hardened he is from the trauma he's experienced. Um, when he's actually being interrogated by the police for murder, he's forced to take a polygraph test, which tests your heart rate and seeing if you're lying. And actually, they're not all that accurate, but they are still used. And one of the officers makes the comment that he's a survivor of the war on the Eastern Front and that nothing can get through the kids like him because they are so unaffected by anything else after what they've experienced. So it shows that the war has affected him, and yes, I'm sure there are other factors like chemical imbalances that have caused Hannibal to do what he does and other mental illnesses, but I think uh, the war and what he witnessed clearly plays the biggest role in all of this. This prequel really serves a look into Hannibal's backstory and the novel got a lot of hate because I don't think people liked getting the answers to why Hannibal is the way he is because it takes away the mystery of him. I think that it does add to his character and it shows this constant defensive and closed off mode he's in and why he has it because no one becomes that closed off and defensive unless they have a reason for it and he's always one step ahead and constantly using people and I think it's because for so much of his life he was so unstable and that's why he tries to have everything under his control right now in the future and we'll see that when he always has people playing into his games and he's always in in control of what's happening. Red Dragon was actually the first book to be released but the second chronologically in the series. We now jump to 1975 when we meet Will Graham who's an FBI profiler and he and Hannibal Lecter know each other because Will Graham is actually the one that helped capture and arrest Hannibal Lecter. Will is injured and he retires after Hannibal, but three years later, the Tooth Fairy, another serial killer, is stalking and murdering entire families at night and only on the nights of full moons. Tooth Fairy is named Francis Dollarhide, and he also has this alternate personality that calls himself the Red Dragon. He can't control his urges and truly believes that murdering people help him become the Red Dragon entirely and that it would consume him and he could become that. And like Hannibal, um, is noted multiple times that Francis had experienced trauma through abuse and neglect as a child. Will teams up with Freddie and Lounge, who's a reporter for a tabloid, and Lecter continues to taunt Will by sending Francis his address, trying to get um, the Tooth Fairy or the Red Dragon, because he's referred to as both, depending on what personality is being uh, fronted and shown to uh, the narrators. But luckily, Will's family is evacuated and safe, but things continue as Will and Freddie think about doing a fake interview with incorrect information to try to lead the Red Dragon out. And Will says that the dragon is, quote, an impotent homosexual, which angers Francis, and he kidnaps and tortures Freddie, killing him. So that kind of backfired on Will. 
And I thought Freddie, when I was first reading, then that was, I thought Freddie was supposed to be a girl because I had seen that before everything else handled the TV series. But Freddie is actually supposed to be a man. More time passes and Will thinks Francis is dead, only for him to pop up in Florida and he stabs Will in the face and Molly, Will's wife, shoots him, finally killing the Red Dragon. So it's your classic murder mystery and it really differs from Hannibal Rising and Red Dragon. I think that there's another pattern to be followed that the uh, Hannibal, the Hannibal Rising does not fit the same like kind of genre as the others. Uh, Red Dragon, Sounds of the Lambs, and Hannibal are clear murder mystery and thriller books where um, Hannibal Rising kind of like is in this middle like yes it is kind of a murder mystery book but the murders aren't the main factor of it's kind of just showing his rage so I think it's more of like a psychological book kind of seeing that but it doesn't really fit in with the others I think that's why many people did not like it. Moving on to Silence of the Lambs, the most famous of them all, we see Hannibal Lecter again teaming up with an FBI trainee named Clarice Starling, who actually just got her own show. I haven't seen it yet, though. And they are trying to hunt a serial killer named Buffalo Bill, who is kidnapping girls. Hannibal seems to know everything about everyone. He's brilliant, and he plays into ev- and he plays everyone like a violin. He's pulling all the strings, and everyone knows it, but they have to keep playing his game if they want answers because he really can help them and he knows so much about what's happening. Where we get the name from the book is actually a very uh, vulnerable and important moment for, Clar- for Clarice, where Hamble's prying more and more into her and her mind. She's tricked into giving up some very private memories of her and she talks about a time where she remembers a lamb being slaughtered on the farm of one of her relatives and she constantly has nightmares of it and this is where Hannibal refers to her as a little girl that still suffers from nightmares even though she's an adult now and this really kind of comes back and it shows just how much Hannibal can mess with you because they all seem to forget or at least they know but they don't like fully acknowledge with their actions and the way they speak to him that he is a psychiatrist and a doctor of the mind he knows how to pry into people's thoughts and how to kind of read your mind and understand what different things mean And even though everyone knows that he's a psychiatrist and that he's dangerous and that he knows how to do it, they all just continue to fall for it. After she catches Buffalo Bill, Hannibal calls her and says goodbye. And before hanging up, he says that he has an old friend over tonight. And the reader is left wondering if Hannibal has returned to his old ways or if he's going to move on and do something different. So the final book, just titled Hannibal, tells us about his time in Florence, Italy, and the conflicts he has with Mason Berger, who's another sadistic psychopath and the victim of of Hannibal who was uh, disconfigured in the TV show, he's disconfigured in the face. And in the book, it's it seems to be he's disconfigured everywhere. He wants to get back at him because Hannibal didn't fall for Mason's attempt at trapping him by bathing him with Clarice in the previous book. And the novel starts seven years after the Buffalo Bill case and Clarice's career is falling apart after there was a botched drug raid and she fatally shoots a meth dealer who was holding a baby. And Hannibal actually sends her a letter of condolence from Italy, and that's where she finds out where Hannibal is. And Clarice decides to go track Hannibal down in Italy. All the while, Mason is plotting his revenge for Hannibal after he was disfigured by him. But Mason isn't the good guy. Isn't a good guy either. He's a pedophile and a psychopath, so don't feel any empathy or sympathy for him because he doesn't deserve any. Mason puts a bounty on Hannibal, and an Italian director, Ronaldo uh, Pazzi 
decides to take up the case and is unsuccessful because he is disemboweled by Hannibal, and then Hannibal lynches him and hangs him for everyone to see in the street. So he was about as unsuccessful as one could get with capturing Hannibal Lecter. He didn't even come close to getting him. As this is happening, Hannibal does a series of, psych of psychotropic drugs and behavioral uh, therapy on Clarice, trying to brainwash her. He's trying to see if she will wake up thinking she is Misha and not Clarice. So he wants her to kind of wake up and think that she is Hannibal's little sister as if to bring her back from the dead, but it does not work. And then get this, because I was not expecting this. At the end of the book, Clarice offers, the word is her bosom, so her herself, to Hannibal, and they become lovers, and they run away together to Argentina. I wasn't a huge fan of the book series, and this is probably why this sounds like there's no heart in this episode. I'm a much bigger fan of the TV series, so Friday, I think the episode would be a lot better. And this, I kind of think, serves as just like a, um, a kind of like overall summary of it, because the TV show kind of hops between um, series of the books. So you have Will Graham and everything, but then you have Mason Verger, but Mason Verger actually happens before the Red Dragon episode, and then you don't really see all of Hannibal's backstory, so kind of the TV show kind of works its way between the books, and I think it's very interesting, and I think it shows a different side. So I think it's very interesting, I think it shows a different side of the characters, and also a different interpretation of them, and I think, honestly, I think I understand Hannibal and Will more, and all the characters more, after seeing the TV series, and I did reading the books. If anything, the books kind of left me wanting a lot more. But I think it's maybe I just didn't like the writing style or didn't really click with it. I don't really know, but it definitely wasn't my type of book series. So I definitely wanted to have this episode be more of like an overall arch of the Hannibal book series and just a quick summary of it so that on Friday we can really dive into it and go in depth because, again, the TV show kind of goes in and out of the book series and most importantly the um tv show actually does not have clarice in it uh when they were making it they decided to have will and then i also think that is probably better because i think will and hannibal have a deeper connection because they um will help capture uh hannibal so they constantly have that cat mouse game so i definitely think also will is a much more interesting character than clarice i'm sorry i just did not it's not really vibe with Clarice. I, I didn't really like her in the books. So I definitely think it would be interesting. I think we're going to talk definitely more in depth about it. But let me know. Do you prefer the book series? Are you a fan of the book series? Or are you like me and you prefer the TV series? Or are you a classic and you prefer the movies better? Let me know. And definitely looking forward more to Friday. This was just a quick little intro to it because I think if I talked about the book series and the TV series together, it would have been too much and too long because I definitely have a lot I want to get into. We're going to do analysis of the characters, the story arc, the cinematography, the imagery. It's just so much to talk about that TV show and I did not want to rush it to talk about the books I did not like. So thank you for stopping by and as always this has been the notes from the library.